Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Good morning, Eric. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I am I'm excited because you're allowing me to introduce our guest today just briefly. Is that okay with you? That's great. Let's let's get her on the show. All right. Well, today we have Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, who is a wealth psychology expert, author, and the host of the Breaking Money Silence podcast. Kathleen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I'm excited to be with you too. Oh yeah, Jeremy yeah. brings on the best guests. Jeremy, my question to you is, why'd you bring Kathleen on today? Yeah, sure thing. Well, uh, Kathleen and I were introduced by a mutual friend of ours named Marsha Mantel. I think uh, some of our listeners would recognize that name. She was on a a few episodes back talking about Social Security. And I was sharing with Marsha some of the, I guess, discrepancies, perhaps is a good way to put it, between how men and women approach Social Security. And she said, you got to talk to Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. She's got a great podcast, great book, great course, all kinds of good stuff there. So Kathleen and I were connected, and it was a fun conversation, a couple conversations we have. So let's, uh, let's let our listeners in on all the fun. Kathleen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I want to just do a quick shout out to Marsha. That was very nice for her to uh, mention me and my work. Uh, I am, as you said, a wealth psychology expert and author and coach, and I work with financial services professionals as well as their clients to help them communicate more effectively around money and especially the human side of finance, which is money and emotions. Yeah, I think a lot of money and emotions are tied up together. Every, everyone yes. would agree with that. Yeah. Especially now with everything that's going on in the world. Oh my goodness, for sure. And you've got a business, KBK Wealth Connection. Tell me, what what all do you do there? There's a lot of different areas that people can interact with you. Yeah, I do a lot of different things. I mean, the main through line or my passion is really empowering uh, women and the people that serve them. Um, but there I do anything from keynote uh, presentations in the old days when you go out live uh, to virtual events and workshops as well as coaching advisors, coaching women entrepreneurs, and I do a lot of writing. Breaking Money Silence is actually my fifth book. So uh, I write, I do a podcast. I just love educating people about this topic and try to deliver it in a variety of different ways. Yeah, and I'm assuming Breaking Money Silence is a, a phrase that you've created there, and I, I just love to learn more about that. Can, can you tell us what that means exactly? Sure. I had been thinking a lot about the money talk taboo a couple years ago. And in my work with financial advisors, I would find that they wanted to talk to their clients about the emotional side of money, but didn't really know how. And then I would talk to the actual client or the consumer and they would say, well, my financial advisor doesn't do that. And so I thought that there was a disconnect between the two. And so breaking money silence is the phrase that I came up with that really talks about the money talk taboo and how it negatively impacts us. So when you're thinking about money silence, it's that uncomfortable feeling that many of us get when we need to have a financial conversation. And so it may not be in all areas of your financial life, but it, there may be pockets of money silence. And so I really am trying to help advisors as well as uh, just people out there be able to um, break down that and bust through that taboo and, and talk more openly and honestly about money because it really uh, is a worthwhile endeavor. All right. Some of that might be uh, in a relationship, you know, a couple not having the full ability to really talk through some things, maybe even parents uh, talking to their children and trying to raise them up in ways to, to learn about money. 
And from some of our talk, it even involves uh, just a difference sometimes between how advisors approach males and females in a couple, or maybe even the male and female will approach money advice. It's just a, a lot of things going on there. Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting because as I explore the topic more and more and, and talk to more people about it, you're right, it affects so many different areas of our lives, whether it's our partnership, whether it's talking to our elderly parents, even when you're in a business. I mean, there's often money silence between business partners that can be destructive. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, um, you know, learning the skills to be able to be vulnerable, to talk about how you think and feel about money. The numbers are certainly important, but uh, it's much more than that. And uh, when you are able to bust through it, Jeremy, what I've found is people feel closer, uh, that they're more financially successful. And believe it or not, breaking money silence can be fun. Uh, some people don't believe me, but I've had a lot of fun conversations talking about money with other people. Yeah, I believe it. One of the phrases we like to say is that we want you to know more about your money so you feel better about your money, so you make better decisions about your money. I, I think that's along those lines. Absolutely. Well, a lot of this has to do with just the thought on, a f I call it the financial and non-financial uh, parts of a couple. And sometimes, and it seems to be that way, we'll just go with the stereotype in a way, it seems like more often than not, it's perhaps the female that's the non-financial uh, person in that, that couple. Not, not always true, and it's getting better, especially now with the younger ladies, but uh, a lot of times we're talking to people that are 60, 70, 80, and there seems to be some gender roles and things there. One of the great things you mentioned in the call we had earlier is you said you want to get more women to embrace their financial power. Uh, what kind of financial power do women have? Oh, women have a lot of financial power. Um, but before I answer that, let me just back to the comment about um, different generations and women sure. uh, being less financially empowered. I think certainly you hit upon what has happened in the past, which is traditional gender roles. And it, you know, if you think about it, it wasn't until uh, the 70s or 80s where women could actually get their own credit card without uh, having their husband's approval, which is insane. Um, but That's that is the truth. So for a crazy. short, you know, not for a long period of time have women been able to really delve in and, and take control over their financial power. What's concerning to me is the next generation, so millennial women, they've actually done research and found that 59% of millennial women still defer their long-term financial decisions to their male partner. So we mm -hmm. have a lot of work to do. Uh, Jeremy. So I just want to share sure. those tips out there that unfortunately yeah. right now it's across generations. Uh, okay. In terms of women's financial power, I mean, I think uh, if you look collectively, uh, you know, the majority um, of personal wealth, believe it or not, is controlled by women. As we are passing down wealth over generations, 70% of that intergenerational wealth is going to be transferred to women. And Currently, women control about, uh, what is it, 12 trillion investable assets, and it's going to bump up to about 22. Mm. So uh, collectively, we have a ton of power, but individually, um, we often have an ambivalent relationship with money. Gotcha. And you spoke at a conference uh, a week or two ago, the Barron's Conference, and I think that's where, also, we talked last week, I opened the paper on Monday, there's a... Um, big section in the Wall Street Journal, The Barron's Guide to Wealth, What's Holding Women Back? A lot of different articles, a lot of um, power in that one statement right, right there. But they said in there, eight out of 10 women will become solely responsible for their money at some point in time. So this is something that people just can't ignore. Absolutely, and, and you know what? I think what is interesting is that women are interested 
in learning more about money. So when you actually look, you know, people are saying that they are interested. I think that the financial services industry and also our societal uh, taboo against talking about money leads people to shy away from the subject or mm -hmm. it leads the financial services industry, at least historically, to not really think about how can we educate women and maybe for some women, it's a little bit different than your traditional male. And so um, I think it's really important that, that women take care of their financial health now. You don't have to be an expert, but you have to know enough in order to take care of yourself. Because the last thing you want to do, and we've all seen this, I'm sure you've seen this, Jeremy, is to have your significant other die and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have to figure out the investments and the finances and grieve the loss of your partner. That is just not a good combination. Yeah, I agree. I just had a call yesterday with someone like that. A client of ours had a relative who's going through that same situation and they referred her over uh, to us. And it's amazing. There's some big financial topics that you might need to take care of almost immediately. And she readily admitted why I let him uh, take care of all that stuff that was his uh, realm and that's just not necessarily uh, where I wanted to be at all. Well, here she is, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, she'll still be the one making uh, decisions on her own money. So it's just a, it's just a, a sad situation to get thrust into all of a sudden. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the things that is so important for people to know who are listening, no matter what your gender is, that it really isn't about having to become an expert. It, it's similar to nutrition, right? We all need to, as adults, be able to know enough about nutrition and enough about exercise and enough about mental health in order to be as healthy as we can be. Well, the same thing is true with finances. We need enough to be able to surround ourselves with financial professionals who we can trust, who have our best interest in mind, and we can be as financially healthy as we need to be. So it may be your passion. It doesn't have to be your passion in order to be financially empowered. Mm -hmm, for sure. Well, that's your goal. You say get more women to embrace their financial power. What steps could a, could a female take? What should she be looking at to embrace her financial power? Well, I think the first thing that I usually start with with people is have them start to look at what is their money talk mindset. So a money talk mindset is how you think and feel about engaging in financial conversations. And so before you even look at the numbers, or whether you are in, you know, taking care of yourself financially, look at what were, what were you taught as a kid growing up about engaging in a financial conversation? Were there certain gender roles that you were taught? And what are the things that maybe might make you good at talking about money? And then really do an assessment about what is this mindset that I have that maybe I'm not even aware of that may be impacting me either positively or negatively, usually it's a little bit of both, uh, in terms of engaging in financial conversations in my life. Now, whether that's at work, you know, with my boss, uh, if I own my own business with my clients, uh, you know, my partner, uh, my parents, whatever it might be, my kids. And so I think by starting and looking at your money talk mindset, you can start to identify what are the automatic thoughts and beliefs that are tripping you up and then make a decision. Am I going to let them get in the way or am I going to start to learn some new ways of thinking about financial conversations? Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, that's some great advice. And we got to look at the other side of the coin and I'm going to get a little, little personal too. So I'm a male. You might have guessed that. And my <laughs> wife is somebody who does not want anything to do with the financial talk at all. And I keep telling her at some point, you know, stats are that you'll be in charge of all this. How can I, how can a male uh, encourage females, especially the one that they're in their relationship with, to embrace that power to get to the point where 
they feel comfortable uh, with those different decisions? Sure. I think it's a great question. And because you shared a little bit about your personal life, let me just chime in because I'm the example of the other way. Uh, my husband, yeah. I am male, I'm married to a male partner and he uh, is or has been money avoidant. And so, you know, I have a finance degree. I'm in wealth psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, so I typically or historically was the one who took care of it. And so part of what happened in our relationship is I got to a point where it was no longer serving us. I was getting really frustrated. Uh, and, you know, he was going on his happy, merry way because it's really easy if you're avoiding something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. what ended up happening is I started to do this work. I started to explore my own money talk mindset. And thank goodness we have a good marriage. He came along for the ride. So now we do talk about money. We do engage with the financial advisor together. So the reason I just share that, Jeremy, is it can happen no matter what your gender is. You can be in a same-sex uh, relationship and it can happen there too. So really, I think the step is to start to talk to your partner about what areas of their financial life do they feel good about and, and explain that finance isn't just about math, that it could be about your values, what's important to you in life, and then how do you use money to express those values and to explain to uh, your partner or at least encourage your partner to learn about that this human side of finance, that it's really about money and emotions and how you want to live your life. And if you're able to approach it in that way as opposed to a purely technical financial way, mm -hmm. often the people that are resistant to engage will at least start to come along for the ride. Uh, and I know it can be fun to talk about values and dreams and goals and something that somebody feels good about financially. Um, and I would say initially just avoid the areas that, that don't feel good for your partner. Yeah. Well, my wife's a school counselor, so talking about dreams and values and visions, she's going to love that. So I, I appreciate that, that feedback. And one thing you said, Kathleen, is that you and your husband are working with a financial advisor together. That's often a, a point in time when maybe one or the other uh, parts of the couple are trying to find some financial advice. Why would it be important for whoever it is, whether it's the two of you or the one of you trying to find that advisor, why is it important to work with that advisor in a way that they, or find an advisor rather, that's respectful of this different money decision preferences uh, and maybe one that doesn't diminish, diminish the role of that money advisor, but maybe hopefully empowers the role of that uh, money avo avoidance uh, part of the couple? Yes. Um, next to empowering women to embrace their financial power, I feel very passionate about helping uh, advisors as well as couples really engage in these conversations. And I think it's so important because there are two people in the relationship. And so if you do what most of us do with a variety of tasks in our lives, right, we divide and conquer, you know, um, somebody takes out the trash, somebody does the and so often that falls into the financial advisor. Oh, well, you do the finances and, you know, I do something else. The dilemma is that both of you are responsible for your financial life. And like you talked about earlier, Jeremy, the idea of one of your partner, you know, your partner being, uh, it could be disabled, it could be that there's a death, it could be there's a divorce, that you really put yourself at risk of uh, being in a tricky situation if you're not involved. And so what I encourage couples to do, and certainly what I've been training advisors to do for a couple years now, is to really work together as a team. Because even the non 
non-financially dominant, it's not a great name, but that's what I call it, the non-financially dominant spouse Mm -hmm. still has a perspective, still has dreams, still would like to accomplish certain things, and getting their perspective can be so useful. In fact, if you're not planning with both people in mind, I would argue that you're just doing an individual plan. You're not actually doing a couple or a family plan, and that isn't uh, really the best idea for a couple or a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we could talk about that in particular for uh, a good amount of time. I do want to talk about one thing, and here's what's interesting. I was reading through the Barron's article, and they talked there about an advisor. Uh, they were talking to a female. She's high net worth. She's the high earner. And her advisor only talked to her husband. They'd go in together for meetings. She would try to, uh, she'd ask a question and he would turn to the, the husband and answer him. And then whenever he'd send a summary email or reach out to them, it's all her money, all in her name. And he would just email the male and not even uh, copy the, the female on there. And then for uh, Christmas, they sent her a, ch- a charm bracelet from her office. So definitely uh, this person was not quite getting it. And she was already in that advisor relationship. What are maybe for couples that are trying to trying to get ahead of that and not have that type of relationship with their advisor? What are maybe some questions or uh, behavior patterns to look for when you're going out to interview an advisor? That situation you just mentioned, Jeremy, happens so much, especially with female breadwinners. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's a couple of things that. Uh, you can do to empower yourself. One is if you are currently working with an advisor and you're not happy with how it's going, you can verbalize and let them know that you want to have both of you included and that you, when you noticed, hey, I noticed that sometimes you address my husband or send emails to just to my uh, husband, it'd be really great if you would CC me. So you can, if there's enough in that relationship, work with the advisor to help and see if they can become what I call couple friendly. Um, When Mm -hmm. you're looking for a new advisor, I would ask specifically, how do you work with couples? What is your couple's philosophy? In other words, how often do you want to meet with both of us versus one of us? Uh, When you do financial planning, if you do financial planning, how do you incorporate, you know, both our values, goals, and dreams? And then, you know, is this something that you're willing to uh, work on with us? And so you can find couple-friendly advisors. But even me, right? So I'm in a situation where I, you know, one of the books I wrote was how to give financial advice to couples. And I end up working with a very couple-friendly advisor um, that we chose and, and were thrilled with. But initially, they weren't copying me on the Actually, they weren't copying my husband on the emails. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just training people that it's really important to include both of them. And even though I don't think my husband reads probably two-thirds of those emails, Mm -hmm. um, it it sends a message, you are both important. And he does jump in when he needs to. Uh, And he actually jumps in with a totally different perspective than mine, which is really helpful. So I think having that conversation up front as you're interviewing advisors is really important. And then making sure if you're currently working with someone that they're willing to work uh, on working on the couple relationship, not just the individual relationship. Mm-hmm. No, great, great advice. And uh, we, I want to finish up on a, a different topic, a similar topic. But before that, I just want to tell you, I'm, I haven't read your book yet. I've listened to your podcast, but I'm going out today and I'm buying that book because uh, Breaking awesome. Money Silence is something that me and my wife, we got to do. She's great at so many things. And I think I'm okay at a few things. And we just got to put this together. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you got a book out there that's going to help us out. 
And uh, with that too, what I was thinking, I was looking at this earlier. I haven't hit uh, click yet. I got to order. Um, but what I want to offer to everyone that's listening is if you are the first three people, if you can send us an email, uh, my email is jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at kylefp, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. First three people that email me in wanting that book, I will send it out directly to them. Love to take some other people along the journey. I think that'd be a good thing to do. Awesome. That's called being a breaking money silence revolutionary. So thank Perfect. you, Jeremy. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading the book and hopefully a few others will, will take us up on that. Another awesome. thing that you have uh, on there, and you mentioned this after our talk uh, a week or so ago, getting ready for our time here. And I had mentioned that one of the um, favorite things I've done all time with one of my clients is a lady who became widowed and she, I was finishing up our financial meeting, going over through the you know stocks and bonds and IRAs and all that. And I asked her, what else can I help you out with? Anything else I can do for you? She had just been widowed maybe a year or two earlier. And she said, well, you probably can't help me out with this, but I want to buy a brand new car. I've never done that before. And I said, I will absolutely help you out with that. And we, met, we came up with a time to meet up at the place. She knew what she wanted. I did some research ahead of time. She turned out, she was so excited. She showed up earlier than she told me she would. So when I came in, she was already talking to the salesperson. He had already given her a uh, price. And instantly, basically, when I walked in with a sheet of paper, the price dropped by $2,000. And there's a lot of things that you can talk about in there. Uh, and it, it's unfortunate there are some, a lot of studies that show that, that that happens where females don't necessarily get the, the best price offered to them by a salesperson. Uh, let's not go there. That, there's a lot of bad things with that one. But what could be good, what could be empowering is your course. You told me you have a course on negotiating. And I just can't imagine that someone in her situation uh, could have benefited uh, from that course. And I had basically kind of done that negotiating and that, that research on her behalf. But what about somebody that wants to do that on their own behalf? T tell us about that course you have. Sure. I just love that story. I've heard it twice now, and I just smile as you're telling me. Uh, that's such a great thing that she was able to buy that car, and you were able to help yeah. her. And yeah, there's gender bias, and that's a whole other topic, but it is addressed in the course. So I developed a suite of online courses, so virtual experiences that individual uh, people can access at a very low uh, price point. And so basically, in my Breaking Money Silence on Negotiating course, we talk about the money psychology that's involved in negotiating. We talk about the common feelings. And uh, there are five steps to becoming a better negotiator. So some of it is, you know, the skills you need to learn, but a lot of it is my expertise in money psychology. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to do for your listeners is offer them a little bit of a discount. So if they go to breakingmoneysilence.com backslash negotiating, and you can read all about what the course entails. And if it interests you, when you go to check out, you're going to want to put in the code NEGOTIATE10, and you'll get 10% off uh, the fee. And so okay. that would be re something really great uh, to uh, learn and to start your journey around financial empowerment by learning to negotiate, whether it's salary, whether it's for a car, uh, whether it's mm -hmm. for... Um, you know, negotiating to figure out the best fee for something else, uh, you can certainly enjoy that class. And uh, I'm really proud of it. I think people enjoy it. Yeah, well, it's, it's a life skill that sometimes doesn't come up too often, but it can make a big difference for the rest of your life. Uh, each of those areas, a house, a car, your salary, that sets you on the right path for a long, long time. So it's so important to get that, that knowledge and get those skills ahead of time. 
Right. And I started off actually not being a good negotiator in my life. I was raised that you don't negotiate, that it's rude. Mm -hmm. And so um, certainly I talk a little bit about my personal story, but then offer you the tips and tools that I've used in my own career, as well as uh, certainly the ones from money psychology that are researched and proven to work. So definitely get out. Yeah, definitely. We'll be doing that. Well, I've been having a lot of fun, Kathleen. It's great to great to talk to you. I'm sure Eric's been enjoying listening in and uh, and uh, learning. He always loves to learn on these podcasts. I think we're both going to have to uh, get some books, get some courses. What do you think, Eric? Jeremy, I yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I, I'm this is my own personal opinion, and I'm just going to say this. I, first of all, I love the content. I love the discussion. But you two are way too nice. You're way too nice. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you that in, in all the years that I've worked with advisors and, and other uh, business owners, uh, I will tell the consumer straight out. It, Kathleen was very, uh, very nice about it. But if you have an advisor that's not talking to the uh, one of the spouses because they don't have that skill set, um, the last step would be don't be afraid to fire them. I'm sorry. I, I I don't put up with that. That's just me. Uh, but if someone's not going to engage my wife in a conversation about money because they think I'm the only one that can talk about it, I have a real problem with that. And maybe that's just mm-hmm. me. But I think that, that that Kathleen's approach is perfect. You know, try to work with them, try to help them understand why it's important to talk to both. But if you have someone that just is stuck in their ways, don't be afraid to look for another advisor. There are tons of There's a lot of them there. out there. Absolutely. And there are advisors out there that just uh, have tremendous skills in working with a couple and and uh, realizing that both people have dreams you know and that's something that too many mm-hmm. advisors need to understand so uh, but Kathleen what a what a fantastic conversation today and and I'm so excited that you brought this to light uh, Jeremy has never had a guest like you on the show before and Jeremy of course I know this is where your heart is and thank you so much for sharing some of your personal story as well yeah absolutely Kathleen I'm so happy uh you could be on on the show. Anything, any final words? What would you like to, to leave us with? Well, two words. One is I agree with Eric. You should only try so hard. And then there are a lot of really good people out there. So that is a great addition to the conversation. And I guess uh, the last thing I'll leave people with is just, you know, after listening to this podcast, dare to have one conversation about money that you wouldn't have had in the past. And that'll make you a Breaking Money Silence revolutionary. Kathleen, I I think that's exactly where we need to end this podcast. That was perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. And of course, Jeremy, thank you so much for bringing Kathleen on. And of course, the last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 
content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.